talk a little bit about um, being one with God. You know, um, I've been thinking about that during communion, when we've been having communion, and that actually taking the communion is the communion meal is a very intimate thing. And somehow we've made it to be kind of like a, I don't know, um, not an intimate thing. <laughs> you know, we just kind of toss it back. And, and I know, I mean, Pastor Paul has been doing a marvelous job teaching us and stuff like that. But, but you know, it's, um, it's a kind of thing where you're, you know, when you become hmm, one with your husband or your wife, it's that same kind of intimacy. It's that same kind of intimacy. And, um, you know, and it's, very, it's very special to God. And that, and that in that time, we remember that Jesus went to the cross for us. He shed his blood for us to establish a covenant with us. He established a covenant with us. Signed, sealed, delivered. And then when we, we got born again and we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, then that covenant came into being. Everything that was in that covenant was ours. He redeemed us from the curse of the law. He redeemed us from, you know, from sin. Sin. Do you, do you know how big that is, that he redeemed us from sin? Really? You know, and I guess, I guess if you were a real big sinner, then, then it's, it's more those that are forgiven much, love much. Amen? <laughs> Some of us was born again in the womb, I know, but... <laughs> but, you know, some of us lived really good lives. The best one I ever heard was uh, Wilhelmina Folkersman. Does anybody know Wilhelmina? Well, when they came over here from Holland and they, they, they attended the Dutch Reformed Church or something, I don't know. It was a, a religious organization, a denomination, and uh, they didn't teach much about salvation and whatever. But, you know, I mean, she taught Sunday school in that church. And but then in part of, in, later in her life, she got born again and she realized that was nothing. Like Paul, like he just had to count it all dung, anything that he learned before he was born again, before he was demasked on the road to Damascus. <laughs> but, you know, he, we, we just, he, she said that, you know, now Pastor Gary, I'll take his, him and his example because I know him the best. <laughs> and nothing, not, nothing that I'm going to tell, but I don't know Paul all that well. <laughs> well, anyway, you know, he... He had some things going on in his life that really weren't very good. You know what I mean? <laughs> he was a great sinner. <laughs> but, you know, well, okay. I'm sure I could name a few here. That <laughs> How about me and myself? <laughs> Except, I, you know, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't a really, really, like, good girl. But, I mean, I wasn't a bad girl either. You know what I mean? But nevertheless, okay, so here's where the story, this is the interesting part about the story. Wilhelmina was up in front of the church one day giving her testimony, and she said, you know, well, Pastor Gary, being an alcoholic and a drug addict and living that lifestyle, 
And she said, and me, you know, living good life, being good, doing good things and teaching Sunday school and all of that. And, you know, she said, I was just as lost as Pastor Gary. So see, isn't it, it's, you know, the marvelous thing about that is it's a level playing field. It's a level playing field for everybody. See, God made it level. <laughs> because if, if the only thing that makes you different from anybody else in the world is that you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you were redeemed, and you were translated out of darkness into his light. And that's the only thing. It was on the basis of the blood. That's all that makes you different. Right? And so, you know, it doesn't matter if you're getting gooder and gooder, <laughs> better and better. It's still the same. See, the gooder and gooder part of it is coming into a place where now I'm getting off my stuff altogether. Anyway, coming into a place of, you know, when you accept Jesus, when you're born again, the first thing, you know, is you ex- he took your sin. He took your sin and, and your sicknesses. And, you know, and all that and your poverty and everything and carried it away. He became poor so you would become rich. He, you know, he, he became, he took your, your, your anxiety and your fear and all of that that was mixed up in darkness and gave you peace. He's Jehovah Shalom. He healed you on the cross. So that's why we say, okay, now it's already done. You're not, you, you're not sick. He took your sicknesses. Carried them away. You might have symptoms in your body, but you are a new covenant person. It's not in your nature to be sick. Okay? Say, it's not in my nature to be sick. You say, well, Pastor Nancy, I mean, I look at me, I got, you know, I got pain here and I got stuff going on there. And, you know, I mean, I'm sick. <laughs> No, you might have some symptoms in your body. You may have some sickness in your body. Not sickness, but symptoms, right? But Jesus took your sickness and carried your disease. See, the enemy comes with all these symptoms. He distracts you and tries to make you think, well, this didn't work for you. You know, it might work for some of you people, you know, but, but it didn't work for me. Because I'm sick. <laughs> You know, I mean, do do you ever question that? Why is this happening to me? If you have symptoms in your body, why are they still there? Why, Why are they even there? Why did they even come and attack me? I'm a good person. I'm saved. I'm born again. Well, you know, I mean, there are reasons. There are reasons. And so, you know, it's our, it, when we come here to church, um, you know, it's not just something we do. We come here to, to, know, to learn more about God and to learn more how to, you know, get, get closer to him. He never leaves us. He's always there. But in our, in, our own, in our own feelings, like, you know, that we feel like he's there. And we have confidence that he's there. He said he would never leave us and never forsake us. 
but sometimes we feel lonely and alone. And you say, God, where are you? He didn't leave. So it's in this part here. <laughs> Something has to change. Something has to change in me, right? Okay, so first thing we have to do is believe. <laughs> believe the word, like they're singing in the song tonight, you know. He doesn't lie. God is not a man that he should lie. All of his promises are yes and amen. I know we sling it out. <laughs> All of your promises are yes and amen, Lord. But do we believe it? Do we believe? Do we believe that Jesus took everything for us? And that we are new, we've become new creations. Say, I'm a new creation. Old things, before I was born again, have passed away. And all things have become new. I'm a new creation. I'm a new creation. Totally healed and totally whole. See, so you've got to be convinced, fully persuaded about that. You have to be able to look beyond what's going on in your body, in your mind, in your children, in your home, in your finances. You've got to look beyond it to the word of God, to the truth. Some of these things are facts, you know. Okay, it's a fact, you know, I got this and that and that. But it's not the truth. The truth is... Okay, we'll take sickness, for example. But by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed and made whole. And I am going to have to meditate that. Think about it all the time. I'm going to have to renew my mind and think like God thinks. Well, well think like God thinks. What? How can I do that? I mean, he's God, the creator of the universe. Well, the Bible says, the word says, I have the mind of Christ. Come on, I have the rhyme. I have the mind of Christ. <laughs> I don't think you believe it. I don't think you believe it. I don't think you have a grasp on it yet. And was I looking at you? <laughs> hey, sometimes I have a problem. Believing it. <laughs> but I have been saved now since 1983. So what's that? 37 years. Almost 40, almost 40 years. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I, I, I have, you know, I, have, I was so excited when I got born again. And I just believed God. I did. I just believed him just like that. I mean, I didn't know any word. I didn't know anything. But I just had this faith, I guess it was. He gave me that measure of faith. And I just had that in me. And I could just, I would just believe God. That he said he is who he said he is. But then, you know, as I grew, <laughs> that was in the beginning, before I got relig rel religion, <laughs> I guess, got some form of religion, in that it became like I needed to do a formula or something. You know, I need to have my, all my ducks in a row, and I had to get all my confessions right, and I had to, 
you know, do all of that. And to a degree, that's true. But when it becomes a formula, then you lose the intimacy of it. See, if it says in John 1 that, you know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, that, that God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are the Word, right? That is God. And so when I'm putting the Word in me, that's God's mind. That's his instruction. That's how he renews my mind. And then I have the Holy Spirit in me to reveal. He reveals things. The Holy Spirit is the teacher. We forget about the Holy Spirit being the teacher. Do we ask the Holy Spirit to teach us through the word, to give us revelation? See, we need revelation. Everyone say revelation. And how do you get revelation? Well, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith, you read the word, you speak the word, and the meditation is kind of like the confession part, but you have to meditate. <laughs> you don't just read, okay, you get up in the morning, read your Bible, and I'm guilty, I'm guilty. Just get up and read your Bible. Oh, there, I got my Bible reading done. Check. But see, that's not where God wants us to be. And that's why, that's why we haven't been succeeding. Because we haven't spent the time. We haven't spent the time. I mean, I know Gary and I spend almost 24-7 together <laughs> lately, since we've been living out in middle Muscadah, but I mean, we don't need, you know, we drive... Well, I know, but I mean, we used we got two cars about I don't know how many years ago, but and so we kind of could go our own ways, you know, a little bit. It just meant that he left earlier from than me, and we'd meet at the office. <laughs> then we'd go for lunch, and then you know, I mean, we're together all the time, and so you know, it, it that makes a relationship. And when we're together, you know, I mean, we are, we might not even be talking, but we're together. And we almost finish each other's sentences. I mean, you know, we think, you know, we both think the very same thought at the same time. But see, that's relationship and fellowship. We can have a relationship. We got our relationship with God when Jesus, you know, went to the cross. And when we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we came into relationship with God. But then there's the next step of fellowship. That means, you know, acknowledging him. See, in Proverbs, it says, acknowledge him in all of your ways, all of your ways, and he will direct your path. But see, when you get to know, like I get to know Gary better and better as time went on. First, when we went out together, I mean, before we got married, I mean, we would go to sleep talking on the phone, you know. <laughs> The phone would still be off the hook when I'd wake up in the morning, you know. So we talked all the time. And then, you know, and now we don't, we don't talk so much anymore because, you know, we know each other. Now we're in that place of really knowing each other. And so that's where God wants us to be with him. He wants us to know his mind, to know his thoughts, 
that's what it says. You know, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. I mean, how do we know the, how can we know the thoughts of God? But <laughs> we have the mind of Christ. And we have the Holy Spirit to reveal God's thoughts to us and what it really means and how much he loves us. But so taking that time, taking that time. And so then if suddenly it happened, and you know, this world is so crazy, you just never know what's going to happen in this world. I mean, we know that we are with God. So, I mean, nothing, no weapon formed against us is going to prosper. But things are happening even just in this pandemic, you could see how much control, you know, the government is trying to put onto people. And so, but really, you know, God told me, well, it doesn't really matter. You're with me. You're with me. And does that mean that uh, nothing is ever going to, you know, am I going to ever never have anything going on around me, you know, that I have to challenge? No, that doesn't mean that. That means I'm with God. I'm in him. I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I say of my God, he's my refuge, my fortress, my God. In him will I trust no matter who gets elected. (laughs) I will trust God. God is who I'm going to trust. And that's where we need to be. No one but God in our lives. In every area, in our jobs, and in the most mundane things that, you know. I remember Mark Barkley one time telling us, Dr. Barkley, he said one time he was out in his garage and he was fixing his old car. He liked old cars, you know, and he was just fixing his car. And all of a sudden, you know, he just felt the anointing of God on him and the presence of God on him. And he was like, oh, Lord, you know, what, what do you want me to do? You know, is there something you want me to do? And he said, no, I just wanted to hang out. God wants to hang out. He wants to hang out with you. He wants to come with you when you go to work. The giant tiger over there and stand with you at the cash and watch all the people come by and, <laughs> and see how you're sweet you are to them. And, you know, I mean, he does. He wants to be with you in your job. Most of the time we ignore him. <laughs> we do. Because we get on our little, you know, in our little, wrapped up in our little worlds. He makes your world exciting. He can show you things. If you look to him and ask him to show you things, he can show you people who need help. He can show you people who just need a smile or a touch or a word of encouragement. Have you ever done that? Just kind of stepped out and given someone a word of encouragement and they either, you know, they broke down and cried or they, it made them so elated and happy that, you know, I remember one time Kathy Mink was here, Kathy and Len Mink, and uh, we were taking them home to the airport and uh, they were only here a couple of days, but we gave them, you know, we do with all of the people, we put them in a nice hotel and give them a fruit basket and give the lady flowers and everything. And we gave her roses and, uh, and they were so beautiful. And, but they were still in bloom when she was going out to the airport. She said, oh, she said, I want to, I, I should take these home with me. She said, they're so beautiful. And uh, so she took them to the airport and she was checking in. And the Lord spoke to her when we were at the, at the counter. And she took the flowers and she gave them to the girl behind the counter. 
Well, you could have given her a million dollars. She just, I mean, waterworks from her eyes. She said, but he has ever given me flowers. And she was, I mean, like, she was, like, shaking. I mean, that wasn't a big thing. To Kathy, it was like the Lord said, okay, just give her the flowers. And she said, oh, well, I'll give her the flowers. And she'll say, that's nice. You know, oh, man, I mean, she just, that woman never forgot that. Never. And, of course, Kathy, being who she is, she would say, you know, well, you know, the Lord told me to tell you that these are from him. (laughs) And, of course, that just made it even more, you know. So, you know, it's like when you're with God and you're in tune with him, you could be just like Jesus. Because what did Jesus do? What he heard his father say and what he saw his father do. Always be looking and think and say, God, okay, oh God, God, what do you want me to do? You know, do you want me to do something here? But if you're just going about your own business and never thinking or just, you know, blah, 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 just zoom, zoom, zoom everywhere, you know, <laughs> pass by, passing by all these brokenhearted people. We need God's compassion. We need his compassion to, you know, they said, Jesus said he had bowels of mercy, like he was moved with compassion. Sick people get healed when you pray for them with compassion. And God lives inside of you. He's in here. (laughs) He's in here. Isn't that awesome? (laughs) So we could have so many adventures in faith, couldn't we? We would just stop and listen to that voice on the inside. Gary and I sometimes, you know, we've we've gone into restaurants, and he's told you this before, that, you know, we'll see somebody over in a certain area, like, you know, <clears throat> and just pay for their meal. Not tell them we're paying for the meal, but we'll just tell the waitress we want to pay for their meal, and, you know. What a blessing that is to people. And it's so fun to watch <laughs> when they go over and they're getting ready to pay for their meal. It's like, oh, no, somebody, somebody already paid for it. I mean, it's happened to us. We sold it and, it, and it came back to us down in Texas, of all places. So we, we know it was nobody that we knew. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now I should get on with my sermon, I guess. <laughs> I guess I could get a little bit in. Most, probably most of what I've said anyway, you know. You see, when we were redeemed, let's see. Uh, John 3. Let me turn to John 3. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Come on. (laughs) Woohoo! Verily, I say on uh, 3, verse 5. Sorry. No, verse 3. 3, 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, he was talking to Nicodemus. Verily I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You know, like when you get born again, you see the kingdom of God. You see it. 
Can you remember the moment when you were born again? And what happened, I mean, that happened on the inside of you? In that moment, everything in your life changed. You might not have been blinded or fallen off a donkey <laughs> like the Apostle Paul, but you know that something happened. God touched you in a miraculous way. To me, that's the most miraculous thing ever, that your life could just change just like that. Amazing. So Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus said, verily I say unto thee. No, verily, verily. <laughs> it was important. And he says that, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. See, the first time we were born into the world, we were born in the flesh. When we got born again, we were born in the spirit. So marvel not that I said unto you, be, you must be born again. The wind blows where it lists, and, and, that, and you hear the sound thereof, but can not tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. So when you get born again, you're redeemed. And your redemption has two objectives. Redeemed means to be bought back. Like when you go to the pawn shop, you put something in the pawn shop, and then you go back a little while later with your ticket, and you get it back again. Okay? So that's what happened. when when um, you know, we got sold out by Adam and Eve in the garden. Then, uh, you know, we were we God's children. They were God's children. They were deceived. And they got kidnapped. So mankind, God's man that he created because he wanted somebody to love. That's why you were created for his pleasure. He wanted somebody to love. That's why you were created. But the enemy took mankind away from their father. Now what father and mother wouldn't go looking for their kid, right? And so he had to, God had to find a way, had a way already planned. It was all planned before the foundation of the earth because God knew the beginning from the end. And so he knew he would have to send his son, Jesus, but he had to get Jesus into the earth. And so it took all that time, but a day is as a thousand years to the Lord. So it was just the other day for God. <laughs> he got Jesus into the earth to be born as a baby. He had to come in human form and to hang on the tree. And he redeemed us with his, with his body, with his blood. And bought us back. And then, you know, of course, he went to, you know, he died on the cross. He was buried, went to hell, took from Satan the authority that Adam and Eve had given him, set captivity free, and then gave that authority to us. As we get born again, we receive an authority over all the works of the enemy. So why are we in fear? 
of the enemy. Christians walk around in fear of the enemy. He's defeated. He's a defeated foe. He has no power over us. Only what we give him with our mouths. When we say, when he comes with his little, you know, symptoms or whatever, and we, you know, as we're sitting at the, the table that God prepared for us in the presence of our enemies, we turn around and look what he's got for us. And we start being interested in what he's doing. He brings circumstances. He brings sickness. He brings all this stuff to us and we accept it. He's a salesman. He's a deceiver. He's an accuser. He's a liar. He's a father of lies. Anything comes out of his mouth, anything he's got to say, anything he gives you is a lie. It's a lie. I can tell you're not convinced. (laughs) But I'll tell you, he is a good liar. He's a very good liar. He's a master of deception. That's why we have to have this word in us. This word. This word, we have to be one with the word. We have to be intimate with the word. It's not just a book. It's the living word. The living word. And when it comes into us, it needs to be alive, active, operative in our lives. We have to practice it. We have to do it. We have to do the word. We have to love one another. Hey, let's start there. That's a good one. Let's just do the basics here. Christianity 101. Love one another. (laughs) Don't be offended. I mean, you don't even have to use your own love. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Huh? (laughs) You don't have to use your own faith. He gave each of us a measure of faith. A faith is the size of a mustard seed. Can kill cancer. Amen? Am I preaching good? (laughs) Am I making anybody happy? Am I making anybody mad? Come on, I can't leave you the way I found you tonight. (laughs) I got to stir you up somewhere. (laughs) Hey, it's just something that we got to work at all the time. And now in these last days, in these days, Like I said, I mean, last days could be 100 years. I don't know. I don't care. (laughs) Some of us are closer to last days than others. (laughs) One way or another, right? (laughs) We got this far. We got this far with God's help. Amen. And we're going all the way. He said, run your race. You know, lay aside those weights, those things, those doubts, and that unbelief, and all the things that, you know, the enemy comes at you with. This will never happen. You'll never see it. You'll never have any money in the bank. You'll always be poor. You know, that's how he comes. Yakety, yakety, yak. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) He just says, shut up. No, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I know who I am. Do you know who you are? You have to know who you are. You can't let circumstances get you down. You can't let circumstances overtake and overcome you. Ever. You give him an inch, (laughs) he'll take a foot, a yard. Or for you metric people, (laughs) 
A meter. <laughs> a millimeter and a meter. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Anyways, glory to God. The sin problem is settled. The sin nature is driven out by the nature of God coming in. This is the nature of God. <laughs> DNA. Having a divine nature attitude. He has put it all inside of you. He's given you everything. Everything. Ephesians 1. Let's just go there. We can probably get that far. And verse 3. Now this is really one verse you need to meditate. Meditate. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. That's everything heaven enjoys in the unseen realm. And you know, you can get access. Praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. I believe this is the place that we need to go. More. Because we're supposed to be living in the supernatural. Amen? And if we are just constantly in the natural, we're not going to get over in that realm. Where all things are possible. That's where you're believing. You know, Jude, in Jude it says, praying in the Holy Ghost, building yourself up in your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. And I know, I know you're like me. You don't do it enough. But it shouldn't be something that we have to do, but it is, but that we don't feel like we have to, but that it's a, a pleasure to do because of, the, of, the, of what happens when you do it. Not only does it heal your body when you pray in the Holy Ghost, but it brings you into that place. It brings you into the place in the spirit where you need to be, into the supernatural. Don't be afraid of the supernatural. There are going, I mean, Philip got translated from place to place. Do you ever expect that to happen to you? That was in the New Testament. After Jesus went to the cross, that was, you know, he was born again and spirit-filled. You're born again and spirit-filled. And I believe that God, as he says in these last days, he's going to be pouring out his spirit on all flesh. Are we ready? Are we ready for that? It's not scary. <laughs> it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. So let's be expecting for supernatural events to be happening to us. And when they do, come and tell everybody about it. I mean, people might look at you saying, oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> but that's okay. Get excited. Get excited about being in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Because <laughs> God has a plan. Like, I mean, we, we labeled this year 2020 as being the year of destiny. The decade of de destiny. 
And we kind of wondered, like, you know, when all this stuff is happening. But, you know, I see it. Our destiny is to be in the supernatural and not be bound up with the things in this world. In this world. That's our destiny. That's the plan that he had for us. He knew when we were going to be born, when we were going to be alive, and what was going to be happening. And here we are. And so we're what, we're what God has on this earth. We're it. <laughs> Woohoo! Come on. We're it. <laughs> Say, I'm it. <laughs> God wants to use you. He wants to use you, not just here in church, out there. Tell everybody. Jesus Christ is Lord. Ha ha. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.